As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. An Erio's original. Brain. Brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. 
everyone. Thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're discussing the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky scandal. Here's what you need to know. If you were alive in 1998, there was no escaping the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky scandal that dominated American news outlets. The affair between the 24-year-old White House intern and the President of the United States would make Monica Lewinsky a household name, and its aftermath would make history. Monica Lewinsky was a 21-year-old recent college grad who had moved to Washington to work as an unpaid intern for the Clinton administration. That November, she was assigned to the office of President Bill Clinton's chief of staff, Leon Panetta. But it was only two days after her transfer there that she and President Bill Clinton began a sexual relationship. Their sexual encounters, which were later depicted in the infamous Star Report, in many ways read like a drugstore romance novel. The two were on and off for months, but Lewinsky kept the affair secret. In April of 1996, she was transferred to a job at the Pentagon, which coincided with Clinton's re-election campaign. It was while working at the Pentagon that Lewinsky finally poured her heart out to fellow employee Linda Tripp. Lewinsky trusted Tripp with the most intimate details about her affair with the president, and after some time, Tripp began taping their conversations. We didn't have sex, Linda. Well, what do you call it? We fooled around. Oh, I don't know. I think if you go to if you get to orgasm, that's having sex. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's not having sex. Having intercourse. In December of 1997, a year and a half after the start of the affair, Lewinsky was subpoenaed by Paula Jones' lawyers. At the time, Jones was involved in a lawsuit against the president over sexual harassment charges. The lawyers had gotten a tip about Lewinsky's affair with the president and were hoping to display a pattern of workplace harassment on his part. Days later, it is believed Lewinsky met with Clinton in his office where he encouraged her to be evasive in regards to the Jones lawsuit. Lewinsky subsequently filed an affidavit claiming she had never had a sexual relationship with the president. This takes us to January 16, 1998. Lewinsky was expecting to meet up with her friend, Linda Tripp, at the Pentagon City Mall. Instead, she was met by FBI agents who took her up to a room at the Ritz-Carlton for questioning. Lewinsky was grilled about her relationship with the president. Tripp, who had accumulated more than 20 hours of taped phone calls with Lewinsky, had tipped off independent counsel Kenneth Starr about the affair. Starr had been investigating a different scandal involving real estate and the Clintons called Whitewater, and he saw an opportunity. At the room in the Ritz-Carlton, Lewinsky was repeatedly threatened by Starr's prosecutors. She was told that she'd lied in the Jones affidavit and could spend over 25 years in prison. But in exchange for telling them about the affair and wearing a wire to tape conversations with the president, they'd give her a lesser sentence. After 11 hours, Lewinsky denied the plea bargain. And the rest is history. Potentially damaging cloud is hanging over the White House this morning. CNN has confirmed that Whitewater counsel Kenneth Starr 
has been granted permission to expand his investigation. He will be looking into new allegations that President Clinton had an affair with a former White House intern and then urged her to lie about it. After multiple news sources had picked up the story, on January 26th, President Bill Clinton held a televised conference where he denied the allegations and stated the infamous line. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Hillary Clinton also dismissed the allegations on the Today Show. The great story here for anybody willing to find it and write about it and explain it is this vast right-wing conspiracy that has been conspiring against my husband since the day he announced for president. Although the federal judge assigned to the case denied the use of the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal in the Jones suit, the damage had already been done. In February, Clinton stated that he had no plans to resign from his job at the Oval Office. Shortly after, more allegations of sexual misconduct came out against Clinton. In July of 1998, Lewinsky was asked to testify before a grand jury after being granted an immunity deal by prosecutors. She was interviewed for multiple days about the affair and in great detail. Clinton was also subpoenaed to testify and on closed-circuit television admitted to the affair. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Ms. Lewinsky that was not appropriate. In fact, it was wrong. It constituted a critical lapse in judgment and a personal failure on my part for which I am solely and completely responsible. After the 445-page investigative report from Starr came out detailing his findings by the independent counsel, the House Judiciary Committee voted to recommend impeachment in December 1998. They approved two articles of impeachment pertaining to perjury, one for lying to a grand jury and another for testimony in response to questions about his relationship with Lewinsky in the Paula Jones case and one for obstruction of justice. After its own deliberations, the House voted to impeach the president. But the quest for impeachment ended at the Senate trial, February 12, 1999, when Clinton was acquitted on both charges. On perjury, the votes came in at 55 to 45. On obstruction of justice, 50 to 50. In total, five Republicans crossed party lines to vote against impeachment, while five Democrats broke their party to support it. In 1999, Clinton became the second president to ever be impeached. In January 2020, Trump became the third. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Is this vast right-wing conspiracy? If you look at uh, Bill Clinton, and there's never been anybody in the history of politics in this nation that's been so abusive to women. We're getting up and I'm like, all right, I love you, butthead. <laughs> Called him butthead. Fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. By Time's account, 2,345 minutes of the CBS, NBC, and ABC evening newscasts between January 22, 1998, and February 12, 1999, had been devoted to the scandal. Kenneth's star investigation was initially called Communication from the Office of the Independent Counsel, Kenneth W. Starr, transmitting appendices to the referral to the United States House of Representatives pursuant to Title 28, United States Code, Section 595C. 
But when publishers in New York rushed out copies, they shortened it to The Star Report, which I guess just fits on the page a little nicer. The Star Report alleged that Clinton had committed 11 impeachable offenses. They included perjury, witness tampering, obstruction of justice, and abuse of power. During their relationship, Clinton gave Lewinsky a copy of Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass. This was the same book he gave Hillary during their courtship. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh worked for Starr when he was independent counsel for the Whitewater investigation in the 1990s. In 1998, Time magazine declared Ken Starr as Man of the Year, along with Bill Clinton. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hi, Rebecca. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hello. And we also have a very special guest, which I'm so excited about, Sarah Holland. Hi, Sarah. Hello. It's so nice to be here. Sarah is host of Pantsuit Politics, a podcast where, through real conversation, she and her co-host, Beth, help us understand politics. And Sarah, you just disclosed to me right before we started recording that you actually have a, a connection to the Clintons. Yes, as we're sitting here in my recording studio, or I'm sitting here, I'm looking at a picture of me and Hillary Clinton. I served um, in her 2007 presidential campaign. I worked as a research intern, and then I did um, advance work for anybody who doesn't know what that means. It means I went before the events, before she showed up and helped set things up. And it was a really cool experience because I got to be like just one of a few people in the room with her. Um, during that time, I went on about three or four advance trips, and then I moved to work for the United States uh, Senate. Wow. What was she like? What was it She's like being in a room with her? The most lovely human, truly. Like I, what I tell people is, you know, I would be in the room with her and Huma Abedin, who's her, her pretty infamous staffer, famous, infamous. I don't know if Huma deserves infamous. Um, her husband most certain or ex-husband most certainly does. But, um, <laughs> you know, she had no reason to be anything but what she was right to a staff to staff people. Um, and she was always um, polite and kind and gracious, and I never saw her be ugly or demanding. When I ran for office in 2016, um, I won a seat on my city commission, and she sent me a letter um, congratulating me on my election. When Beth and I published our book, I think you're wrong, but I'm listening, a guide to Graceville conversation, she sent me a letter um, congratulating me on my book. I mean, I just... It was very disorienting, especially during the 2016, to hear how people talked about her because it just was in not the same galaxy as my experience as a staffer. Sarah, I have a follow up. And this is, you know, it's maybe a little controversial, maybe very controversial. <laughs> but have you ever sent her an email? <laughs> Uh, I don't think I have ever sent her personally an email. I'm sure my emails are in some sort of, I don't know, archive something during my time in the 2007 campaign. I don't know. Proud. I who knows? Who kn so what? Who cares? I'm gonna <laughs> channel yeah. my it's, inner it's Joy a, Behar. Yeah, it's good for you to dodge that question. That's <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Let's get started by putting some of the obvious players up on the board. Obviously, let's start with Bill Clinton. Time does not bode well um, on the scandal. Mm -hmm. He uh, absolutely looks more and more, uh, shall I say it, like a creepazoid, um, you know, after the Me Too movement. And, you know, as we've, we've come a long way as a society, you know, in how we talk about women and sexual harassment in the workplace. 
Mm-hmm. No, I think that under any definition, her age, her position, her um, just lack of authority or power within that situation coming up against the president of the United States, um, there's only one way to interpret that, and that is that he is fully and completely responsible for exploiting his power over her in that situation. And I think the only uh, kindness uh, time has afforded Bill Clinton is that he does seem to take responsibility for that in recent interviews and says through lots of therapy work, yeah, that was me. I should not have done that. I don't know if y'all watched the Hillary documentary on Hulu, but I thought his particular interview on that moment was really telling. Yeah, I I heard your episode talking about the, mm-hmm. the documentary. <laughs> yeah, it's really – and he just says like – I mean you can tell the director is pushing him like, Why? Why would you do this? Like to her, to Monica, to the country, why? And he's like, you know, when you're in it and you're processing your stress or whatever in the most unhealthy way possible and you're making terrible choices, you're not thinking about how it affects other people. That's the pro- it's sort of like built into the crisis, right? Like you're just you're acting selfishly. By definition, you're not thinking about anybody else. You know, he wasn't thinking about his wife or his daughter or not certainly the effects on Monica Lewinsky. Um, And it was sort of refreshing considering um, the current political environment and like the Me Too movement and how other people have responded when accused that he was like, yeah, I wasn't thinking about anybody else. It was really bad. And yeah, when when we were reading through the facts, I thought, oh, my God, like what if he just resigned and Al Gore would have been vice president? We live in a totally different universe right now (laughs) if he just taken responsibility and said this was unacceptable. It's definitely one of those sliding doors uh, mm-hmm. situations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and the Me Too, the Me Too argument is not that he should have resigned because he lied. He resi- He should have resigned because he abused his power over yeah. yes. a staffer. And that is really while, why we're putting him up on the board. I mean, he is he is the president. She is an unpaid intern. Like, again, she is an unpaid intern. Mm hmm. So that's why and he's so young. Up on the board. So, so young. young. I think of myself when I was 21. And if, if, if the things that I did, you know, from age 21 to 24 were, would like really define my life, then I don't, what? Uh, it's I mean, maybe we should also put unpaid internships on the board. Oh, Those we should go. 100%. This can go the way of the dinosaur as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and uh, first of all, no one should be unpaid. And second of all, that we might have to put the there was a government shutdown. That, oh yeah, you know, really, it encouraged an influx of unpaid interns at the time. It had just happened two days before, and two days after the government shutdown, that's when Monica Lewinsky gets uh, assigned to the chief of staff's office in the White right. House. You know who her intern coordinator was, right? Like whose intern she was. This um, is the best. L- this Leon. Is the best. No. It was oh. her, the direct intern, because you're a chief of staff. You're not managing. You're the chief of staff right, for president. Right. You're not managing interns. <laughs> it was Jennifer Palmieri, Hillary Clinton's press secretary from the 2016 campaign. Wow. She she shows up in the Hulu document. And, like, I consider myself a pretty good expert in Hillary land. And she showed up in that, that documentary and was like, oh, yeah, Monica was my intern. And I about fell out my chair. I was like, What? <laughs> what? It's unbelievable. She was also working for John Edwards when all his extramarital stuff came up. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Palmieri. She's, I think she's got a book coming out. Can't wait to read it. I think she already has a book out, actually, but maybe another book. It's just Do a we list. put her on the board? <laughs> well, I don't 
mean, I don't know. I like I, Jennifer a lot. I don't think she was like no. pushing her. And she's like, <laughs> okay, and she's okay. like, I, I think she implied in the documentary that like she could like see that something was up and was trying to keep them apart during the or either before the government shutdown or after. I just remember her showing up and being like, "You have got to be kidding!" <laughs> I mean, Which is they, like Leon Panetta. His name keeps coming up too. Do you think we should put Leon up? I don't know. Maybe we should just put up affairs. The, <laughs> or maybe like the Clinton universe, because there does become a thing where you protect, like it's a tribe, right? A tribe of staffers, a tribe of people. You've given your career to these people. You've been with them for decades um, and you love them and they've been good to you. And so it's like becomes groupthink. It's like Clint, Clinton groupthink might need to go on the board. Yeah. I also liked what you said. Clinton's tribe of staffers, the tribe. Yeah. The Clinton tribe. tribe. Mm. I, I also think that we could possibly, and you touched on this a little bit, Sarah, put uh, the pressures of presidency. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, did, didn't tough. Obama eat M&M's? Or yeah, was almonds, <laughs> the seven almonds. Almonds. Well, yeah. he smoked. I mean, he you so, know he was still smoking. He, smoked, he was yeah. definitely yeah. still right. smoking. Yeah, but he also played I, basketball, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it deserves on the board for this particular scandal, but I do think there is blame for the way we have elevated the executive way beyond um, what it should be in our government, right? Like, it's just yeah. it's too much. It's too much. The, and it is an incredibly stressful job. And, you know, I don't know, maybe we should, like— before you become president, you go on some sort of Buddhist retreat where you have a real, like, how are you going to manage the stress of the situation? Let's talk about some of your unhealthy tendencies and how we can help you a lean in a more healthy direction. A meditation room. Yeah. 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 That's a what it needs. Get rid coach. of the bowling alley. They don't need the stupid bowling alley. <laughs> they need a yoga studio and meditation room. <laughs> now, we also, I'm hesitant to do this, but we have to do it. Um, we just have to talk about Monica Lewinsky. I don't mind talking about Monica Lewinsky because that woman is made of steel. She is made of steel. Yes. She has gone through the fire. She is wise and and says like the most thought. And listen, even going through it, did clearly she was made of something strong from the beginning to sit through the way they tried to manipulate her into taking that play deal. Absolutely. Coming, you know, after learning about the scandal way more in depth, my main takeaway was she's pretty awesome. Yeah. It turns out. And it's such a shame because I do remember growing up, you know, I I must have been like a a teenager, uh, a young teenager and and learning about Lewinsky and having this like very, she was associated with this negative connotation. And really, you're right. She was just so strong. And I can't imagine myself at 24, you know, being a just uh, sideswiped like she was and, mm-hmm. and, and, and having like FBI agents show up, I, I, I would have probably, I, th- I was going to say I would have pooped myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you remember, don't you remember that Barbara Walters interview where Barbara Walters looked at her and said, who's going to want to bring Monica Lewinsky home to meet their mother? Oh I wanted God. to punch her. Do y'all not Put remember that? Board. Put her no. on the board. Put her on the oh board. My. Barbara, Walters. Walters Barbara Walters should go on the board because that was heinous. That was a <laughs> heinous thing to say. And look, I think there's a place for feminist 
maybe second wave feminist, not to call out a specific generation, deserve a lot of blame for the way she got treated. You yeah. know, like mm. there was like, let's scapegoat her. He's the real feminist. He's here for women. We can't imply for one millisecond that he did something wrong. It's all on her. And that was grade A bullshit. And I mean, I think a lot of people recognize that now, but maybe not enough. Yeah, she really, really suffered. Like she did. I mean, they called her portly pepper pot that this was on the New York Post. New York Times uh, referred to her as ditzy and predatory. I mean, (gasps) from a a New York Times article by Jessica Bennett, it says, and other women self-proclaimed feminists piled on. My dental hygienist pointed out she had a third stage gum disease and dismissed her as some little twerp. Okay, I'm gonna walk back my my statement just a bit because really what this is patriarchy yes okay yeah yeah women you know let's talk about who enforces the patriarchy Mm -hmm. it ain't only men that is so important sarah you're so right we you know as women we are at fault too Mm -hmm. we hold those rules up Mm -hmm. we keep that we keep that train on the track you best believe we keep that train on the track there's at the time I mean obviously hindsight's 2020 the way we see Monica Lewinsky really just in the last five years has a hundred percent shifted but we should talk about some of the ways in which she initiated this like I think all of us agree that she is not to blame but there is she's fascinating in the way where she did you know she was putting things out there I mean yes. she had a crush on him I've met Bill Clinton he can be very charming like mm-hmm. he has a oh, charisma. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's no doubt that she she got something from him um, that she wanted to return that was in, enticing and intoxicating, wrapped up in the fact that he was president. There was secrecy. Like you can all see the you can see the appeal without yeah. a doubt. It doesn't have to be that she's a villain and nobody would ever do that. Give me a break. You know, I mean, yes. I mean, we're not like, oh, affairs are awesome. We're mm-hmm. just saying like it's very understandable. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Well, it's definitely, it's not cool to flash your thong at a married man, <laughs> no. But sometimes you just got to do it, right, girls? Well, again, and, and now you don't have to. Just open up your preferred social media platform and you can see as many thongs as you want all day long. Yes. Like, thong, like I follow influencers going wild, influencers in the wild where they show people filming themselves for social media. And it's like <laughs> nothing but thongs, nothing but thongs. Yeah. the thongs are so 90s, too. Like that act of her, like showing her the, you know, lifting up her jacket and showing the top of the thong is to me feels so 90s. <laughs> That's true. Or everything back then was low rise. But now we have like the high rise or the mid rise. Yes. But Monica thank God. Lewinsky definitely had on some like express low rise. Yes. Slack. <laughs> I know. You couldn't keep your thong in those. No, no, it was impossible. You know, we should we should blame thongs. And no, we should blame low, <laughs> low rise. rise. Listen, and if Monica Lewinsky played even a small part in moving us from low rise to high rise, give her a Nobel Peace Prize right now. Right now, hand it out because I hate them. I love my high rise. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Okay, so do we also want to put up the blue dress? Because, I mean, this was a huge part of of the scandal. Um, you know, there was the famous navy blue dress, uh, which everyone loves to say was from the Gap. And uh, it, you know, belongs to Monica Lewinsky. It's got semen stains from the president. Later, it's tested. DNA results are inconclusive. But the encounter uh, in which she's wearing this blue dress is important because... 
it's the first time that he allows her to give him oral sex all the way to completion. Yeah. I think the blue dress is not what deserves to go on there wrapped up in this whole thing. I think it's Linda Tripp. Mm. Linda Tripp's the one who encouraged her to keep the dress, remember? Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. We have to talk about Linda Tripp. Oh, Linda ta- Tripp. I mean, talk about someone May she rest who's in peace. blame. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yeah, so- my favorite thing I've ever heard about Linda Tripp is I don't remember where the interview I saw with Monica Lewinsky and somebody was like, aren't you thankful that Linda Tripp, like— encouraged you to keep the dress or something like that. And she was like, that's like being thankful for the person who pushes you out of the way of a falling piano that they pushed out the window on top of you. Uh, you know what I mean? Like her, right. her, I don't think Monica Lewinsky holds any love or affection for Linda Tripp. I think she feels like, and rightly so that Linda Tripp was like pulling the strings here and setting her up for a fall. Terrible. I mean, she, she's like a, she's such an Iago. The thing about Linda Tripp, too, is two things. Like, one, you don't record secretly record somebody and come out looking like an angel. It's just really hard to do. Unless you're, oh, I don't know, Gretchen Carlson, and then go forth and prosper. Um, <laughs> that was a very good use of a one-sided recording. But I think Luciana Goldberg, that book agent, is sort of a, like, behind the scenes, propping her up and encouraging her to do it. Like, we can't forget about her, too. She probably should go up on the board. She was very encouraging of that. And it's like, do you really think that those two, especially Goldberg, were like, oh, well, I'm doing this out of patriotic duty? Er, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I think you had an end game for yourself and mine there somewhere, especially since she was a book agent. Yes. She was the one who recommended that Linda start recording Mm -hmm. the conversations. And this is the thing. Now Linda says that she was doing it out of, um, I guess, love for Monica Lewinsky because she looked at her as a daughter and she would have wanted someone to step in. Uh, okay, when I heard her say this, I would have been like, I'm sorry. I would never want to expose my daughter in, in, in such, yeah. a, such a way like that. You could have shepherded her out of that scenario and protected Monica Lewinsky. Um, looking on the Wikipedia page, it says, at the conclusion of Lewinsky's interrogation, the jurors offered Lewinsky the chance to offer any last words. And her last words were, I hate Linda Tripp. <laughs> <laughs> So we know where she stands as far as Linda Tripp's role on the board. We also need to talk about the Whitewater scandal Mm. because it was what actually started the whole investigation into the Lewinsky affair. I I have to be honest, the Whitewater, you know, scandal to me is it's above my it goes above my head. Uh, I don't really understand it from what from what it is. It's it's a it's a land failed land deal that goes back to Clinton uh, while he's governor of Arkansas. It's it's an investigation or it's a scandal that's being investigated by an independent counsel and it's kind of following him around. And this is how Kenneth Starr gets involved. He's assigned to investigate this. And that's and, and it looks like they didn't really have much to go on. And so they were pulling for straws. If that's, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's a real oxen razor situation. It looks like what it is. And it's not it, it. You're only, I think, feel pressure to find more because it seems like there should be more. And there isn't. It was a bad investment. You know, and I think that the end, the, the reason that Bill Clinton ended up coming out of all these scandals, even the ones with Lewinsky, where he was 
guilty of what they were accusing him of is because the American people got the sense of like, well, you just kept scratching and scratching and scratching and scratching until you found something. Right. So maybe mm. the special prosecutor can uh, yell can yeah, star belongs on the board. Let's put him up on the board. And I also want to put up on the board sexy writing. Mm. I like that (laughs) because he hired people to help him write this, you know, 475 page report. And some of the people uh, that were hired were uh, Stephen Bates, who already had written several books and contributed to magazines such as New Republic and Playboy. Oh, that's so gross. uh, Yes. Oh, to like make the narrative readable. Oh, that's the grossest. So he, he kind of like puts it out there in a way that's, yeah, like you said, it's readable and it's salacious and it really reads like a Daniel Steele novel. This is so the like, like you said, that sliding door moment where our culture took a turn. And I don't mean like pearl grasping. I wish we weren't so consumed with sex. That's not what I mean. Like literally WAP bothers me not at all. But, you know, I just think that it really didn't do politics and the government any favors. It just further eroded trust in those institutions and in those people. When when it becomes entertainment, government as entertainment. Well, that brings us to like the media, probably. The media, right? of course. And, and also oh. the internet, because you're talking about a 475-page report that you can't print them. If, if this is pre-internet, you can't print them fast Nobody enough. Nobody has that much paper no. in their printer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the, the fact that people could just go online and, you know, have it, read it, 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 it really, it sparked so fast. Okay, so we're coming up on time now for getting stuff on the board. Any last additions? Let's do it now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We miss the Republicans, y'all. Yeah. Uh, Whoa, slow that train down. We miss the House Republicans. Like, we miss Newt Gingrich and his whole big party. You know, I, I disclosed my bias, but my girl wasn't wrong all the way. When she said it was a vast right-wing conspiracy. Not all the way wrong on that. Mm, Not all the way wrong on that. Because there's two elements. So there's the affair and then there's the impeachment and the fallout. And those two are very different things. Well, and I think we spend a lot of time right now talking about shredding norms. But those norms were shredded back then. That they were right. shredding mm-hmm. some real norms rolling up to him like that. And and with this spe- with the special prosecutor and the investigations and the hearings and we see that play out. But that was a strategy and it was not a strategy to keep America's civic life in healthy order. It was a strategy to win. And that's kind of this like how we we end up in this s- spot where we're just stuck and nothing can get done. Right. It really was the beginning of that. The Contract for America, New Gingrich, that particular house class changed so many things. And like this is going to sound really not related, but I, I really think it is. That house is when they started to decide to go home every weekend. Like we don't live in we're not of D.C. We go oh, wow. back to our districts. We fly home every mm. weekend. And what happens is, like, before that, they lived and worked with one another. Their kids went to school together. Their wives, because it was not a time where we had a lot of female representatives, you know, socialized together. And you had, like, I think there are other factors at play. But I think the fact that, like, well, you're no longer a human being who is in my social circle. Mm. You're just my electoral enemy. Like, that really changed that. It really shifted that. You don't bump into them at parent-teacher conferences and stuff like that. You don't have to keep it cordial. 
<laughs> yep, you don't have to. That's exactly niceties. right. Yeah, yep, you don't have to keep it cordial. You're not coworkers. You're electoral enemies. That's fascinating. I think we should put uh, weekends away up on the board. Yeah, because would you go after him that way? Especially knowing, let's be real. It's not like every member of the House of Representatives, Republican or Democrat, were faithful to their spouses 100% of the time. Right. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. I don't believe it for one second. Get a grip. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wait, so do we put the Paula Jones lawsuit, the Paula Jones case up on the board, too? I mean, it kind of was what brought it all out. God bless Paula Jones. God bless her. (laughs) I feel bad for it because I feel like he probably definitely sexually harassed her. And also she was completely manipulated and (sighs) by people who did not also did not care about her and did not have her best interest at heart. No, the the use of of women um, in this scandal for Mm -hmm. politics is just really sad. It's really, Mm -hmm. really sad. And speaking of, we should talk about how Hillary Clinton dealt with it too. Boof. Bless her. You know, like recently. Well, you know, like recently, her she came. She did that that book with Chelsea about like being brave or being courageous or something. And they asked her, "What's the bravest thing you've ever done?" And she said, "Staying with my husband." Oh. And I was like, "Dang, girl." (sighs) And now let's take a quick break to speak with. Guest expert, Dr. Suzanne Leonard, professor of English at Simmons University and author of Wife, Inc., The Business of Marriage in the 21st Century. And let's see what she has to say about Hillary and Bill Clinton's marriage. So, I mean, I think as soon as Bill Clinton really started his kind of national uh, national political career, uh, their marriage has been sort of front and center, right? Questions about their marriage, about the authenticity of their marriage. Um, you know, Bill had long been reported to be a philanderer um, and had had, you know, um, multiple accusations of unwanted sexual contact uh, with with women um, when he was running for president. Uh, there was a very famous uh, interview with him and Hillary on CBS where um, he basically said, "You know, look, uh, this is a private matter between me and my wife, but I think I've I've told the all the public all they need to know." Um, and um, and she sat there and agreed with him, and you know, and it really presented a united front sort of about their marriage. Um, but that being said, their question had been dogged by questions of fidelity um, and I mean, all kinds of that, you know, just so much gossip. We're even together. Um, you know, was she was was this kind of a business partnership, right? Which is obviously something that I think about in my book too, about um, not just the intimate um, emotions associated with marriage, but kind of the economics of marriage, and also the kind of career and professional ambitions. So certainly, she is somebody who, as we know, had um, serious and significant professional ambitions of her own. Um, and so, in some ways, I'd say the Lewinsky scandal confirmed for a kind of purian public something that they had long suspected. Um, which was that there was uh, plenty of hanky-panky going on behind the scenes, <laughs> right? Um, and so then, you know, I think as all eyes were on Bill, um, almost uh, equally were all eyes on Hillary, right? To, to, and this, the question of would, would she stay? You know, would she go? You know, would she stand by her man? Um, would she talk about this? Um, so I, I think that in some ways the affair not only, um, the affair with Lewinsky not only kind of put all these questions of you know his sexuality on the table, but also put all these questions of of kind of their marriage um, front and center in the national spotlight. 
So Hillary was supportive of Bill during the scandal. Did Do you think that this had an effect on the media coverage uh, of America's reaction to this event? You know, I think so. I mean, in, in some ways, I think it um, it dampened. I mean, she had always been a, quite a controversial figure, um, I think. Um, but her sort of um, she she did stay with him and stand by him. But she's never really talked in any kind of frank terms about that decision. Um, in her autobiography, she has just these sort of like tight, uh, very tightly worded sentences about, you know, they went on vacation to Martha's Vineyard and sort of Buddy the dog was the only one who wanted to spend any time with him. Right. Um, but she never, you know, she never really came out and, and, and wanted to talk about what she was doing or why. Um, and I think that in some ways it, it made America um, not necessarily very sympathetic to her because they they wanted more. Right. They sort of wanted more of an insight into into what was going on. Um, so, yes. So I think the tide of public opinion um, was partly not with her because of her lack of um, willing to make herself vulnerable and you know maybe talk about her pain as some wives have come forth and done. Listen to our full interview with Dr. Susan Leonard on Thursday's episode of The Aftermath. Now back to our conversation. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, it's hard to kind of say like what 
what is right to do in that situation mm-hmm. until you've been in it. Uh, and who and, nobody's been in it but her because you might have been cheated on, but it wasn't your husband wasn't the dang president. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's been through so much. <laughs> but she was the tip of the sword, man. She yeah. talk about being made of steel. Like she took hits for people so that we could have giant classes of women in Congress in 2018. And she took, you know, like there's just somebody had to do it. I guess somebody had to kind of like lead the charge and take the hits. And man, did she ever. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't put her on the board. No, I think she, but she, listen, she, she contributed. She contributed. She made. It's it's like you know? she's like a subsect of I think a lot of things on the board, yeah. patriarchy, yeah. the Republican majority, the Clinton staffer bubble. Like there's a lot, there's yes. a lot in there. She's playing a role in all of it. Okay, who's to blame for the Monica Lewinsky Bill Clinton scandal? Is it Bill Clinton, unpaid internships, government shutdown, the Clinton tribe, too powerful executive branch, Monica Lewinsky? Barbara Walters, <laughs> second wave feminism, patriarchy, low rise slacks, <laughs> the blue dress, Linda Tripp, book agent, uh, Lucien, Lucien Goldberg, whitewater scandal, Kenneth Starr, sexy writing, the media, the internet, the House Republicans led by Newt Gingrich and friends, weekends away, Paula Jones lawsuit. And finally, Hillary Clinton. Wow, that is definitely That's the longest list. list that we've ever had. Is the idea that if we eliminated this person, the whole thing goes away? Like, is um, that how we assign blame? Or is it that they just, they made it so much worse? It's, it's sort of like, uh, it's, it's, you know, whatever you feel in the moment. It's kind getting of thing. To, the, to the root of what you think is to blame. Okay. Okay. You know, so, like for instance, I don't think that low rise slacks or the right. blue dress right. uh, are to blame because they're you know I think if it wasn't for thongs, she would have found another thing to you know kind of like sexily suggest. I think we flirt. could also probably let Barbara Walters, even though I find that appalling, was really hateful and mean. Yeah, we what can she let said to Monica Lewinsky. I, I don't think we can take off the government shutdown because it really did spark. The, the need for unpaid internships. Not yet, mm, at least. Not yet. Okay. Well, we could probably eliminate the too powerful executive branch, even though it's a problem. I'm not sure if it's the cause of this problem. And there's always healthier ways to deal with your stress. <laughs> Agreed. And yeah, as, as we've seen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As we've seen other presidents do. And I do think, I just think the Whitewater scandal and Paula Jones is really... It falls under this idea of the House Republicans and their sort of strategy. I agree. I think we should keep the media, but take off the internet. Take off the internet. Yeah. And sexy writing, maybe? Sexy writing. It didn't help. It didn't didn't help help. that it was (laughs) so sexy. But uh, it would have happened anyway. Also, we should 100% take Monica off the list. Yes. What are we talking about? Yes. Monica does not deserve the blame for this. No. I also think we can fold Hillary into the Clinton tribe. The Clinton tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're getting closer. I think, you know, the book agent, I think Linda Tripp, it's either Linda Tripp or the book agent. I think it's Linda Tripp. Yeah. Let's let's follow Monica's lead. If Monica's last thing that she said was, I hate Linda Tripp, let's lean into that. Yeah, because Linda Tripp could have not taken the book deal or Mm -hmm. whatever. And Monica's an expert. So there we go. Yeah. So we've. I don't remember how we ended up on weekends away. (laughs) Uh, That was because of the. 
bipartisanship in Oh, the right. House, but... Oh, yeah. Well, that would definitely go under the House Republicans. Right. Yeah. Cordial. Yeah. They're no longer cordial because of these weekends away. I, although oh. I love I love that uh, I do love that theory <laughs> of just like if but we, we don't want to lose we don't want to send weekends away to jail I'm not, I'm not like, advocating <laughs> for that Amanda I'm just, I'm just you do saying. need to go back to your district sometimes it's true right just it's not true. every time but right yes but these people who make these deals in government they should have to sort of at least have lunches together where they have to like look each other in the face and be humans. (laughs) You know, I gotta be honest with you. I'm really leaning into, as I look at this list, I'm really leaning into Linda Tripp, Kenneth Starr and the house Republicans, because there's an aspect of like, you should have known better. You knew how this was going to play out. Cause listen, Oh, I don't want to be an apologist for Bill Clinton, but Bill Clinton, (laughs) Bill Clinton was obsessed with John Kennedy and if you're just looking at how things play out, like you want to f- have some really offensive abuses of interns, look up some of the stories that John, about John Kennedy. I always think there was this sense of like, yeah, but they all do it. and We don't talk about it. We've agreed. We don't talk about FDR's wheelchair. We don't talk about John Kennedy's affairs. We don't talk about LBJ's affairs. You know, like I can yeah. list a lot of presidents whose affairs we don't talk about. But like Linda Tripp and Kenneth Starr and House, the House Republicans, or maybe it's like a past versus like he was looking back at the past and making assumptions and they could not see into the future of the consequences of their behavior. Mm. Like, it's not like they could predict, but there's a part of me that's like, but couldn't you, couldn't you see where this would lead us? This idea of like, everything's on the table. Everything can be attacked. Like, this is our new strategy is just for our democracy is I must win at all costs. Like to me, that's like, Oh, come on guys. So we have the contingency prize, which is the big slack. So we might be using that. Well, we're definitely going to be using that. So is, is it fair to say I'm going to take off unpaid internships and the government shutdown? Yes. Yeah. And, then we just, and we can take off second wave feminism as well. Yeah, because we still have patriarchy. Right. Yeah. So we've got Bill Clinton, the Clinton tribe, patriarchy, Linda Tripp, Kenneth Starr, the media, and the House Republicans. Now that is a, a tough list now. How many jail cells do we have available? <laughs> Just one. Just and one. how long is the sentence? Can we do one cell? Ooh, if they have to serve together, that's a real sentence. With the, it has happened before. It has happened before <laughs> where two people have gone into the same cell. Well, we better not put Bill and Monica in this. No, but she's already off the list. Yeah, she's that's off. That's a vacation. Exactly. Come we on. could put Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich in a cell together. I would actually be interested to see how that is. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. I Okay. So I... I think I think we can take the Clinton tribe off. Okay. Because he's still on the list. Because he's still on the list. Yeah. I think that we can kind of fold Linda Tripp and Kenneth Starr into the House Republicans. Agreed. Agreed. Because they're, they're kind of doing the dirty work for yep. them. Right? Yep. yep. Okay. I like that. And I think you could fold the media into the patriarchy. Exactly. Mm, mm-hmm. So we've got Bill Clinton, patriarchy, and House Republicans. Oh, that's a hard list. Well, here's my suggestion, and it might be controversial, Sarah, for you. Okay. I think we should send Bill Clinton to jail, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think we give Newt, Newt Gingrich and the gang the slap, and we give the backhand to the patriarchy. <laughs> No, I think the order is reversed, right? Oh. The patriarchy gets jail, and the two guys holding up the patriarchy get the slap in the backhand. Oh, interesting. 
But I told you, I'm always down to put the patriarchy in jail. I know. Like, don't, if we put the patriarchy in jail, doesn't it take care of so much of this? The it exploitation does. of Plower. But the, he, he probably shouldn't have had the affair. No, that's why I said. Or are we just removing the person? Because <laughs> if it's one person's actions and we're sliding doors and we're in a different universe, it's clear whose actions we got to lean on. Right. My argument is only that they would have found something else. Right. They would the what Whitewater and Travelgate shows us is if Bill Clinton has been as chaste and as loyal as a husband as humanly possible, they would have found something else. Obama was. And what happened? He's a birther. He's not from here. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, they would have found something else because that's the strategy. You've turned me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually, I, I have to agree with you and, and I know I'm going to get a lot of angry emails. Yeah. I'm sorry. I this. apologize for your inbox. I do. I'm not sharing my email <laughs> on this podcast. I will not be doing that. Um, <laughs> but I, I am with you to me. That's, that's really the best point. It's like they would have found something else. They would have kept going. Yep. Because you um, see it, you see it. I mean, I think oh, the Obamas did as best a case as you possibly can. But even, you know, we had Benghazi and we had the birthers and we had Obama wants to kill all the old people with with Obamacare. And like, you know, it's just that that they're good. that strategy of I don't care what I tear down as long as you come down in the process. Is bad. So that, it's bad. It's screwed up. It's screwed up. So that would mean that would mean we're we are leaning towards sending the House Republicans to jail. No, no, the patriarchy to jail. But I think her point is that more so it was tear, the tearing down of the norms that as sort of like Gingrich was on the vanguard. Am oh, I wrong about that? Yeah, I think I don't want to call it the House Republicans because I don't want to think it. I don't want to make it pure, even though I think they're the pioneers of this strategy. They're not the only ones that use it anymore. But I do think there's this it's the all governing is politics. You know, it's like everything is about the elector- next electoral win. Mm-hmm. And nothing has – it's all electoral strategy, no government strategy. Gosh, we need a better word like to dirt, really – Dirty politics. Dirty politics. Like, dirty that's politics. the perfect thing to blame yeah. for the Lewinsky-Clinton scandal. Okay. Dirty I politics. That that feels more satisfying with Bill Clinton getting the, the slap and patriarchy getting the backhand. Just real quick, I feel like – the Bill Clinton getting the slap. What about, I mean, the patriarchy getting the backhand. Of course, we hate the pat- patriarchy, but isn't there someone more specific you'd love to slap, like Linda Tripp, Kenneth Starr? <laughs> well, listen, Gingrich, if our point like... is that women prop up the patriarchy, then yeah, it should be Linda Tripp. Ooh. Jeez. Well, and also, it... I do think there's a certain, like, the true justice for Bill Clinton, truly. In the way, like, you almost want to put this strategy together in a jail cell is, like, for somebody like him that's as consumed with his legacy, he got the just. If we want him to get justice for his bad behavior, he got it. Because this is permanently, like, this is all, like, when he spoke at the election recently, they were like, why is he getting a spot? And you know that has to eat him up. And it should, because that was the choice he made. Right. And mm. for all the, you know, psychological stresses or whatever, he broke the heart of his wife and his daughter and he ruined his legacy. Yeah, he's living with it. So, yeah. So, do okay, so now we're going back. So, we're go we're still giving sending dirty politics to jail. Yeah. But perhaps we're giving Bill Clinton the slap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Linda Tripp the backhand. There. Yeah, I think that's or, good. Yeah. I like that. I like the dirty politics and the the 
slapped a Bill Clinton in the backhanded Linda Tripp. Just because yeah. I really want to give Monica justice. And if the last thing out of Monica's mouth was, I hate Linda Tripp. Yeah. Listen. Okay, I'm calling it. I like it. Okay, I'm calling it. I think Bill that's Clinton. Good. Bill Clinton, you're getting the big slap. Linda Tripp, you got the backhand. Dirty politics, you're going to the alarmist jail. I like it. <laughs> nice. That's good. I think we really settled it well. I know. Sarah, I can't imagine doing this without you. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I'll take it. <laughs> it is. It's a huge compliment. After the Clinton Lewinsky scandal, according to Time magazine, Clinton exited the Oval Office with a lofty approval rating of 65%. For the first few years after the scandal, Lewinsky moved to New York and released a line of handbags bearing her name. Four years later, Lewinsky moved to London, where she enrolled in a master's program in social psychology at the prestigious London School of Economics. In 2014, she returned to the spotlight with a Vanity Fair piece and gave a TED Talk called The Price of Shame. She's an anti-bully advocate as well. According to Politico, Lewinsky, who has become an activist for women's rights and part of the Me Too movement, wrote in a personal essay that 20 years later, amid the public reckoning over sexual harassment and gender-based power dynamics facing the United States, that she has chosen to again discuss her relationship with Bill Clinton while he was married. As we all know, Hillary Clinton would go on to run for president in 2008 and 2016, losing to Barack Obama in the primary and later Donald Trump in the general. Vote for who you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com. Follow us at the Alarmist the on Twitter, at the Alarmist Podcast on Instagram, or email us at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Betty Broderick murders. <laughs> <laughs>